Yo, what is going on, everybody? My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a through hiker. I am a backpacker. I am a huge hiking nerd. And every single week on this podcast, I chat with other hiking nerds about their experiences on the trail. This week's guest is Quad Frickin' Zilla, a highly requested guest, one of the most badass people we've ever had on the show. And I do not say that lightly. I'm so grateful to talk with Quadzilla. If you're not familiar with him, in 2022, he did the calendar year Triple Crown, and he's done lots of other stuff um, before that as well. And so we talk about it all. He was a firefighter, a wildfire fighter for a while, and we talk about that. So sick, dude. I'm so grateful he came on the show. So Quadzilla, when you hear this, thank you very much. One thing I want to say real quick is that there was some internet issues between us and so you're gonna hear his audio like i don't even know how to describe it it's just like a little delay every now and again the audio quality is still really good he had like a professional microphone and everything so that it still sounds good that you'll you'll hear what i mean so i I just want to apologize for that but i don't think it's that big a deal and then the other thing i want to say is Please leave a five-star review. Have you ever heard a podcaster say that before, dude? Leave my podcast a five-star review. Um, I want to give a shout-out to whoever wrote Professional and Fun on Apple Podcasts. I want to give a shout-out to John for leaving a review. Backcountry Rookies. Those are the last three on iTunes. Thank you, guys. Five-star reviews. Nothing less. Nothing less. Nothing more. Unless they're actually, actually, if you can't go over five, then maybe do it. But nothing less than five stars on whatever your podcast app is, especially Spotify too. Like I'm trying to get those numbers up on Spotify. I need a couple more five star reviews on there. If you appreciate the show, if you listen to the show, that is a great way to uh, just give back. So without further ado, let's get it. Let's get into it. Episode 152 with Jack Jones, aka Quadzilla. So back in 2022, I guess it would have been early summer, late spring, somewhere around then, Flossie and I are hiking through the desert on the PCT, and we start to hear talking among other thru-hikers that there's this guy named Quadzilla who's doing the calendar year Triple Crown, and he's coming up behind us. He's not far. He's posting on Instagram. He's obviously making a really good time, and he's he's getting close. And so we're we're hearing these this chatter, these rumors, and there's almost this this lore around this Quadzilla fellow. And so I look him up on Instagram. I'm like, oh wow, that's that's insane. And people are in Flossy in particular was just like, oh man, I can't wait to be Quadzilla. A lot of people are saying this about this Quadzilla character. I'm like, wow, this guy must be uh must be pretty cool. So one day. It's an extremely, extremely hot day. We're chilling in Acton, California at the campground just off of the PCT. And who rolls up but Quadzilla. And he's getting swarmed. Everyone wants to talk to Quadzilla. And uh, he's got his big old camera. And I thought that would probably be the end of it. I thought he would just roll on out of there. I didn't think that I'd really get a chance to actually 
talk to him for more than two seconds because, I mean, he's got a lot of miles to hike. But it turns out I would spend the next almost 24 hours hiking overnight with this guy among an, a, you know, a bunch of other awesome hikers. And uh, it turns out that Quadzilla would start what was probably the craziest moment of my entire PCT hike. And so I wanted to start with that story. I did have the pleasure of meeting and hiking with Quadzilla a little bit. So without further ado, what's going on, man? Welcome to Trail Tales. Hey, thanks, Kyle. Yeah, that does bring back really good memories. Is that I, a know, nice little trip of, down memory lane there? <laughs> yeah, like of all the time last year on trail, that that time in the desert was like my favorite time just because of all of all of the people. And I remember that day meeting because we were hanging out in Acton and there was like the swimming pool and um it was so yeah, hot. like going swimming so hot like so insanely hot and and just like yeah my thought was like well i i didn't hike i was intending to hike that day because i needed to get miles in and then it was like well i didn't hike all day because it's so damn hot so we could just hike all night which <laughs> <laughs> just like seemed like a great idea and it was it was funny to convince everybody because i kind of yeah met everybody there at the campgrounds just you know, yeah. uh, you guys and, and the whole whole gang. I was like, Hey, everybody, let's, let's just hike all night. Like if we just hike all night, we can, we can make it, you know, to the next, well, I forget that town, but there's like a gas the station. Ga- right? Yeah. I just forget the, the gas too. station. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was awful. <laughs> so it's been told a few times on various episodes at this point, this, this story about the night hike, but it, it was just, it was ridiculous. And I remember feeling a little bit guilty that we didn't hike out that day either. But then when I saw you not hiking out, if I was like, okay, if, if Quadzilla of all people is not hiking out today, then I think we got to give ourselves a break. And uh, it's probably okay that it's too hot to hike. And so, dude, I couldn't hang with you guys, both pace-wise, socially. Like, after like three hours of, you know, hiking into the night and just hearing just chatter, chatter, chatter with everyone, a big group of people, dude, I was just defeated i was like oh this is this is crazy but we made it <laughs> we made it what well, was um I, well i remember like taking video of you or you know everybody and then making a little comment and you're like man like kyle and flossy they look so tired yeah <laughs> you were you guys are like just sitting by the cash oh, like dude it was looking fucked. so downtrodden <laughs> it was fucked we weren't we didn't even think we were gonna make it all the way to the gas station around like 7 a.m the next morning Actually, I guess that's what the AM stands for. Around 7 AM, we uh, we were going to stop and camp. And like everyone got ahead of us, and we were like, ah, fuck it, we're just going to camp here. And then we we couldn't find a spot. Obviously, we're in the desert. Like Stupid in hindsight, but like we could not find a spot that had shade. And it was the middle of the day, obviously. We're going to be sleeping through the middle of the day. And so we were like, well, I guess we'll just hike the last three miles or whatever it was. And that was the worst of it. We, we were delirious. We passed a day hiker at one point. He probably wanted to call the police or something. Like, we were just totally fucked. And then, I've said it before on the show, but one of the one of my favorite moments from all of the PCT was when we rolled up to that gas station and you guys were all just sprawled out, also, like, completely defeated. And you guys had thought that we weren't going to make it. But then we, like, pop, hopped out of the car and walk up to the gas station and I just watched you guys go from like eyes glazed over, like just staring at your food to like, Oh my God, they made it. They did it. They're here. It was, it was so good. I wish I got it on camera. That's one of my biggest regrets. 
So I remember that. Yeah, like that. Then that was so cool. Just that, like seeing everybody like show up at the end of this like ridiculous night and like feeling. Yeah, there's such a like sense of accomplishment in this. Like, yeah, you know, like like as people kept showing up, like, yeah, they did it. They pushed through. Like, they yeah. didn't, you know, they didn't die out there in the desert, or they didn't, they didn't stop. Like, everybody made it, which was because I mean that was a big like for most people we because nobody had planned that. So you we'd been up since the morning, so it was like 24, 26 hours. I think which it was is being more, awake. Dude. I think it was more. I think yeah. it was over thirty or close to thirty. I don't remember exactly. I guess, but it was a lot. It was yeah. too much. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, and then that morning, like it got re- like because we it wasn't like sunrise and we're done. It was like ten, eleven a.m. Like yeah. hot as hell, and then we're finally done. Uh, yeah. and that was just I, we we parted ways after that. But for Flossie and I and, and Brandon too, that was just the start, dude. For the next three days, we did the night shift thing, and. Uh, I don't know how people do that. Like it was, it was awful. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. Like, uh, we did it all the way to Tehachapi. And then even though it was still really hot, we had to go back after that. But dude, (laughs) we're already, we're already getting into the stories. I love it. Um, why don't we take a step back just for a second? And can you just give yourself an introduction? I'm sure a lot of people know who you are, but for those that don't, who is this quadzilla character? I keep hyping up at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, so uh, my name is Jack Jones. Uh, yeah, trail name Quadzilla. I got that on my first AT hike when I was at the Ice Spring Shelter in the Smokies on the AT. And so I, that's that was my first through hike. It was 2016, and then I went on. I uh, rode 2018, rode a bicycle from Mexico to Canada, um, and then hiked. The plan was to hike the CDT all the way back from Canada to Mexico, but I got terrible giardia. And when I reached the border of New Mexico and spent like five days holed up at this awful little motel in Chama, New Mexico, um, which it was it, like how bad it was is they charged $20 a night uh, oh, back geez. in 2018. So like that was how <laughs> bad that bad hotel for your own private room. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then I, I, I got sick, got off trail and then, uh, you know, did some other, did about... 2100 miles in 2021 of piecing together pct colorado trail new mexico cdt and then last year i hiked the calendar year triple crown so i started appalachian trail february 16th and hiked the at um it was about 90 miles or 90 days per trail and then added on travel days and things like that so it was at and then over to the pct where that's where i met you and hiked with you and then it was the CDT after that and finished um, down south at the border of uh, Mexico again on the CDT December 2nd. And that was the year, yeah, that year. And then other than that, I was a uh, uh, U.S. Army infantryman for a while and then also did some wildland firefighting uh, on a hotshot crew out in out in Idaho. So I feel like my whole life's kind of revolved around carrying heavy packs over <laughs> adverse terrain in shitty situations and just <laughs> you're, putting you're, myself into pain so <laughs> yeah you were definitely as prepared for a calendar year triple crown as someone can possibly be with that with that background um so yeah i i want to talk all about the calendar year triple crown and actually i i don't always do this for these episodes but for this one because quadzilla is so um so well known i i did put a post out on my instagram asking for viewer or viewer, 
uh, listener questions for Quadzilla. So a lot of these questions are going to come from there. And the uh, first one, actually, that I want to start with here, it's from Mo uh, Style. Mo Style asks, why is Dat as so fat? <laughs> huh. um, and if you could just riff on hiking. this for about yeah. about 10 minutes, too, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's not from hiking. Like hiking does not make your legs big. A lot of it's genetics. Like uh, Asians are predisposed to having big legs if you work them out. And then I've just been a weightlifter for yeah, like twenty <laughs> plus years now. And so yeah, just lots lots of weightlifting. Lots I, I of love heavy how that, that's squats, obviously such a fucking. Uh, not serious question but you're like well <laughs> technically let's see it's not hiking yeah. uh, that's so good dude all right it's <laughs> so good that's um, the only way i know how to answer that question <laughs> and i'm sure it's not the first time you've been asked that either um yeah. okay so an, an actual question uh although mo, most style i do appreciate that um an actual question this is from we got some some funny uh funny names on the instagram handles this is from no Schlitt Sherlock, but like Schlitt, I think is their last name. Um, so this is probably the biggest question to start with when it comes to the calendar year Triple Crown. So this question is, in watching all of his content of the calendar year Triple Crown, really the only question I have is why? Like, And I kind of feel the same way. I was going to ask this. What is the inspiration for this craziness? All three trails in a single year... I mean, that's nuts, dude. There's, there's got to be a reason, is there? Yeah. I think it comes down to like pushing limits and finding out what I'm capable of. And I think because of, you know, other through hikes, I'd seen how much I'd benefited from being out on the hikes and pushing my comfort zone and how that had translated into, right? Because I, you know, I started out hiking the AT 2016 and then. And it's like I've, I see, I saw the upward trajectory in my life of where those, be, you know, doing those really difficult things, facing those challenges, then gave me confidence and like a toolbox to take on bigger challenges, right? Like I went on to that hotshot crew in 2020 with zero real wildland firefighting experience. And that's pretty unheard of. Usually you need three to five years of experience in wildfire before you can get on a hotshot crew. And those crews, it's, incredibly grueling work like you're um, 16 24 hour shifts every day 14 days at a time where like literally the only time you can take a break is uh, your half hour lunch break and otherwise you've got a 50 pound pack on so you start the day with three or four gallons of water um, and then you're you know you're either you got a chainsaw cutting down trees that are on fire or you have like a it's like a hoe and you're just digging in the ground and like you're literally like digging for 16 hours in the day and like I would not never have had the discipline or even the courage to uh, apply for that job or let alone like take it and go for it or and especially like the mental toughness, resilience, um, just to be able to withstand all of that pain and discomfort. But like I saw that I was like, holy shit, this is something that I never because, you know, like a hot shot is kind of comparable to military special operations in terms of you know, not the skill set, but in terms of just how grueling the work is. Mm. Uh, I guess we had a guy on the crew uh, the year before who had been a Green Beret Special Forces major. And he said, like, this this job is the rucking component of it is more difficult than anything he did on the teams. And it's because, you know, you're just walking around mountains all day that are on fire with your heavy pack <laughs> doing work. Um, 
And so like, it's, you know, like it's kind of up there in terms of how difficult it was. And it, like, because I'd done uh, these other hikes and developed my mind and like overcome adversity and overcome challenges, I was like able to like confidently go into that, um, that job and like, you know, be able to do these other things in my life and like, you know, like quit my jobs, quit my, quit my life, live out of a van, all these things that are, um, that were dreams and goals, but they were big and scary. And then like, because I was hiking, pushing my limits, then that allowed me the confidence and like, you know, to be able to do those things. So I think that was a big draw of yeah, a calendar year. It's like, how far can I take my mind, push my limits and and, you know, like what kind of incredible rewards that will reap if I can stay disciplined and, you know, cause you have to hike. It was, it was 14 to 18 hours every day for essentially nine and a half yeah, months. Dude, you know, I, I can't I even one or two days off. Yeah. I can't even imagine <laughs> like just, it, it's hard enough for me just to through hike normally. Like I can't, I, it literally does not compute with me. I mean, it's absolutely insane. <laughs> okay. So I guess the obvious follow-up question is, did you get out of the experience what you were hoping that you would get out of it yeah like for me but so let me back up so most calendar year people that do the calendar year triple crown will like hike north on the at and then once they hit snow somewhere around vermont they'll go to like the desert section of the pct or the cdt and that had been my original plan but then when I got up to that area, I was feeling really strong. And so I decided to push through. So I think only one other person legend is the only other person that like pushed through instead of flipping to um, the desert sections. And because there's just so much ice and snow and just shitty terrain up north, um, because you're essentially it's still winter up there when you get up there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and like I pushed through there and it was over 200 miles where I was moving less than one mile an hour. And it was like incredibly arduous. Damn. Like, I could imagine so how frustrating dangerous that must have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Cause you know, like, it, you know, how, how, yeah. How frustrating and just like mentally anguish it is when you've been walking for like 15 hours, your entire day, and you say like, Oh, I've gone 12 miles. Like what the hell, you know? Um, yeah. But that was a really, really good challenge. And after I did that, 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 that was like all I needed. I really didn't need to go hike the other two trails. Like once I pushed through that on the AT, I felt pretty fulfilled and stuff. Like, yeah, I really pushed my limits. Like I really accomplished something that was truly difficult and required kind of everything from me. And, and I would say absolutely. I got, um, you know, it was very worth, um, worth the year and, and like the, just the mental, uh, gains that I gained from it. Now, like now I'm out here in, out here in Thailand training Muay Thai, like two, two to four hours a day. And, and like, I, I'm going to take a fight out here and it's like, it's not, Oh, nice. It's dude. not a big deal. You know, it's like, yeah, of course. Like, you know, you'll face it, whatever obstacles, whatever pain, like, yeah, it's, it's fine. Cause like you faced so much pain before yeah, and, and yeah, it's not scary anymore. It's a little scary, but still, like <laughs> yeah. it's doable. <laughs> no, no, it makes sense for sure. Um, I, I almost don't want to ask this next question, but it was a question that multiple people sent in on Instagram, and so clearly there's there's interest in it, and I'm sure it's one you've been asked a, a thousand times before. But 
Do you ever see yourself doing another calendar year triple crown? Do you ever see yourself doing it again? Not, not at this moment, but I think if I were to do something like that again, I'd want to do something like, like a yo-yo of the AT or of the PCT or like an AT, PCT, AT southbound. I, I really didn't like having the CDT as my last trail because the CDT has so many, um, alternates and options and like when you're that far into it and that fatigued and when you're like i was really pushing the the snow timeline and like that's always on your mind like you got to get through colorado you got to get south before all the snow hits and makes it impassable so like you're taking like i took you know the big sky cutoff which some people would say like that's not even i didn't hike the pc or cdt right and like all these other road walks and alternates and whatever and like that didn't feel good because it didn't align with the reason for why I was out there, which was to challenge myself. Um, so it was like, I, it felt like I was taking the easy path, which still, it's still hard. Like you're still hiking another whole damn through hike. But, but when it felt like, like there's an easy path and I chose it, that didn't feel good. So I think, you know, Mm. I, if I were to do something like this again, that do some like a yo-yo or, or, uh, but I don't really feel a need to do that anymore like it's it is just so much time and it's so much wear and tear like on your body and yeah and mind and yeah speaking I think, of i think more yeah oh sorry i was gonna say speaking of the the wear and tear on your your body and your mind it's like something like this obviously is an incredible physical challenge but as a lot of people listening i'm sure know uh, just even a normal through hike is also an incredible mental challenge. I think a lot of people would say that the mental challenge is even harder than the physical challenge, at least, at least in, for a lot of people. Um, and so I can't even begin to fat. Like I said earlier, a normal through hike of which I've done, I guess two now is so difficult. Like I can't even imagine <laughs> hiking all year, like hiking this many, how many do you know exactly how many miles you hiked it, i not exactly because i stopped keeping track on the cdt because there's so many alternates and like i was so tired like i don't at the end of the day like i'm not gonna sit here and try and figure it out yeah <laughs> but it was roughly about 70 7400 from what i figure yeah it makes sense okay so a- another question from instagram kind of where i'm what i'm getting at here is this is from <laughs> a bomb underscore underscore gram and they said what was your motivation to keep going when things got shitty because i can only imagine that you had a lot of shitty moments over the course of such a long hike yeah um i think just so what really helped me was i have had a strong meditation practice for five or six years now i I went to my first 10-day retreat after the at the first time and since then, I've gone to about once one every year, and I kept up with with the practice. And in those retreats, they they call it um, you set like a strong intention. Um, so like in an hour sit, you set this strong intention that it doesn't matter what pain arises, um, what discomfort arises. I'm gonna sit here. I'm not gonna scratch my itches. I'm not gonna like shift my body to avoid the pain. I'm gonna sit here and observe, you know, whatever discomfort, whatever arises. And like that idea of setting that strong intention is like super helpful. And that's, um, that's kind of what I did on this hike. And, and I did that my first AT as well. I didn't, 
uh, like I just knew that I wasn't going to, I was going to finish this hike and it was like a very strong intention. And that hike, I like, I got Lyme disease. I had stress fractures in Oof. both my feet and it was like way more painful than even the calendar year. But because of that strong intention, I finished. And that was the same this year. It's like, I set that strong intention and then really it, this like mentally, the calendar year was easier than any of my other hikes I've done because not because really? it was objective, like objectively it was harder, but because I had developed my mind mm. to the state, you know, it was actually easier because I, you know, I wasn't causing mental suffering. I was able to be present like with whatever discomfort and pain. And like, I know that it's impermanent and I know that, you know, I can feel it and I don't have to add a story on top of it. I can, I can feel my you know whatever cold whatever and i don't have to add the anguish of wishing it wasn't there i'm like you know it is what it is yeah um it's like it will stop eventually i'll get to my camp i'll get to eat i'll get you know every day ends <laughs> no climb lasts forever and then because of that i didn't cause myself that mental anguish and so that made it much actually easier mentally to to go on and that's I think actually that's, the key. That, like, that's that's it's, so cool it's, to hear you say that because i don't know i'm kind of a nerd when it comes to some of the mental stuff when I, you know, related to through hiking and I didn't do it so much before the PCT and perhaps I should have, but before the AT, my first one back in 2018, I was like all in on the mental prep. I spent like months thinking about it and like, I think it really did benefit me, but I've never heard it like phrase quite like the way that you just, the way, the way that you just said it. Um, that's like, that's, that's super interesting. And it sounds like it's, you know, you're, you're so, I don't even know what the right word for this is, but like you've developed that mental strength or the strategies for dealing with it. Um, even to the point that the calendar, your triple crown, like you just said, was less mentally taxing than some of the other through hikes. That's incredible to me. Yeah. Cause really, if you break it down, like, what is it? It's, it's walking. It's like taking one step after another step. And it's like, if you think about any one step, like no one step is overwhelming. Like even doesn't matter what kind of terrain or weather conditions, like you like you could take a step outside when it's 20 degrees. You can take a step outside when it's 110. You can take a step when it's you're cold, you're whatever, or tired, hungry. And like, that's all it is. It's like one step after another for nine and a half months. And, <laughs> but then that's where it becomes overwhelming when you think about that. But it's yeah. like, when you break it down, like every single moment is, is just fine. And that's, like that's the practice right and that's you know it's i it's nothing nothing new that i've discovered i'm just applying this like ancient you know practice and that's the whole practice is like coming out of your suffering and it it really works and through hiking is like a great place to practice uh practice that interesting dude okay so while we're on the subject of i guess mental techniques for the lack of a better word you know when it comes when it comes to how to deal with the hardships um, and to keep yourself going on a through hike. There's this one that I, I, I kind of came to it after my PCT hike last year. And so one thing, and I'm, I'm, I just want to get your thoughts on this. So one thing that I wish that I had done better, um, in 2022 when I was on the PCT was being like grateful that I was out there and like really, you know, acknowledging, like truly acknowledging like internally how much of a privilege it is to be able to through hike. And, and it's not that I, I don't necessarily think I took it all for granted or anything, but I really f feel like I didn't, I feel like I could have been more grateful. 
And so that's one mental strategy I've been thinking about lately for my next one is like to really try to express and feel like immense gratitude, even in those hard moments, um, because it, it is a privilege to be out there even when, you know, it's not easy. And so I don't know. Is that something you've ever thought about? How, what do you think about that as like another mental strategy for for dealing with some of the the tough days? Yeah, and I think I think what comes to mind is um, that kind of builds on the broader topic of being aware of what's happening in your mind and like choosing to focus on the positive versus mm-hmm. um, letting you know the negative run rampant in your mind. Because that's that's what happened on my first hike. I was like so upset about some of the like business dealings that I had and other things. And it was just anger in my mind, like constantly like anger, anger, anger for, for six months on the AT. And it's like, and if you don't have awareness to know what you're doing, so like you have that awareness and be like, Oh, I'm in a negative um, thought pattern or something. And you just like recognize that. And then one way to come out of it is to replace that be like, you know, I don't have to think about uh, whoever upset me or something you can think about the amazing views and, and, you know, the people that you met, cause there's right. It's like, it's all, it's all out there. There's positives, there's negatives every single day. And it's more of what you focus on and what you bring to your mind. I think especially reflecting at the end of each day can be pretty helpful. Um, I wish that's something I wish I, I journal, like, I wish I journaled more and especially just journal like what was the highlights of the day. And I think that can really train your brain to, you know, focus on those things instead of thinking about like, shit, it's really cold and I'm, <laughs> I'm really tired, you know? Yeah. Uh, Cause it's, it's all there. It's just what you focus on. Incredible, man. Yeah. I don't think anyone's ever said it like quite like that on the show before. Um, so here's, here's another, another good one. Speaking of, um, being grateful or not grateful, somewhat adjacent to that, um, Cooper Fulton asked, what is your biggest regret from the calendar year Triple Crown? Missing big life events of family slash friends, et cetera. Yeah. B- any regrets um, from from your experience last year? Yeah, I wouldn't maybe the term them regrets, but two things that come to mind is I almost like stopped doing the calendar year in the desert there because I was having so much fun with the, you know, the group I was oh, hiking really? with. And I was like, I could just, really? just, you know, finish the PCT with these guys and like have so much fun. Cause I think, did, were you in Kennedy Meadow South with us? No, um, no. Everyone, I think you guys okay. were a little bit ahead of me at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But like we had built, yeah. Like kind of the same with you. We, we did like five nights in a row of, I think we did like almost 40 every Every night up to Tehachapi and just only in the night and like so delirious, uh, but like had so much fun. And then we hiked all the way to the Kennedy Meadow South and that was kind of where I left everybody. But yeah, I just had so much fun with that group that I was like, you know, from a purely fun experience enrichment perspective, I, it probably would have been a much more fun year if I just hiked with with uh, <laughs> with my friends yeah. for the rest of the PCT and gave up this goal. But um, yeah, so like that was one. And then, and the other was, yeah, just the CDT. Like it just didn't feel good to be constantly taking really shortcuts um, through the yeah. CDT. But you know, that's also, I still got caught in snow in Colorado. So like if I hadn't done that, I it would have been much more dangerous or I wouldn't have been able to like hike through Colorado. Um, so, you know, it is what it is, but those are the two things that, um, like I don't, cause yeah, I don't really regret any of it. Like I'm 
super happy with how last year turned out and what it taught me internally. Like that's what matters. But uh, yeah, that's what comes to mind. Yeah, man. Um, and actually, while we're on the topic of, you know, you hiking with that that crew through the desert a little bit, I remember. And actually, you've said it a few. You 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 said it in person, and you've also said it a couple times on this episode how much you were really enjoying hiking with them. And it almost seemed like that was one of, I don't want I don't know if it was the first time, but one of the rare times, at least up until that point that you had spent like extensive time hiking with other people. Is that true on the calendar year? Yeah. Yeah. On the count. Yep. That was basically the only time that I hiked with other people on the calendar year. So uh, yeah. And I remember you kind of alluding to this and like I said, you said it a couple of times here. And so that got me thinking at the time, I was like, you know, when you think of someone doing a calendar year triple crown, you think of all these difficult things, all these hardships he must be going through. But being by yourself and not having anyone else to hike with, like a lot of through hikers, you know, will form these little groups and stuff, little trail families. Not really being able to participate in that was not one of the things that came to my mind initially of like things that would be difficult about doing this. And so that got me thinking. And so my next question is, are are there any other like difficulties that you experience that you think might not be so obvious? The ones that people might not think of uh, initially when they think of how hard it must be to do a calendar year triple crown. And if you need a second to think about it too, that's um that's totally fine. But yeah, anything else that comes to mind there? Yeah. Huh. I guess I'll just kind of talk out loud like there's the obvious ones of like you just have to hike really long days um there's like the travel is a pain in the ass to like go from you know what that's all the way across the country and back that's that's something i didn't really (laughs) think about too much can you talk about that a little bit like now that you say it it does sound like like a huge pain in the ass yeah especially so i hit um katahdin when it was still closed so i had to get off trail eight because you don't know when katahdin like so they closed baxter state park in the spring and the fall it's open for like winter ice climbing and it's open in the summer just for normal hiking but those shoulder seasons they close the whole park and you can't climb the mountain legally and so i got there to able bridge like 10 miles from finishing the at and i didn't know when they'd opened like they ended up opening up the mountain like seven or ten days after i left but so then i flew to the pct from there and hiked the whole pct and then i had to so like fly back um, from Helena, Montana, I like flew to Boston that night. It was in the evening. I had a friend, uh, Blake from my fire crew. He picked me up, drove, drove me like overnight, all night. We showed up at Katad and at Abel Bridge, like at eight or 9 AM. I went and hiked. So basically like, very little sleep in the car, hiked Katahdin, came back down. He picked me up. It was five or 6 PM. We drove again all night back down to Boston and then got me to the airport at like 2 AM. And I took like a three hour nap. And then I boarded my plane that morning, flew back to Helena, and then like was back on the CDT like that next day or something. So it's like, what a pain in the ass to yeah. hike, go hike ten miles, you know? <laughs> I know that's it. That's insane, dude. Um, yeah, that's that's one for sure that I don't think immediately comes to mind. Because when I, I'll tell you the ones that do. So when I think of someone doing a calendar or triple crown, and I think of the difficulties, I think of just the ridiculous amount of miles you have to hike every single day. I think of the lack of zeros maybe that, or I guess that kind of just goes into your general pace, but I can't imagine you're taking that many zeros. 
um, I imagine, or I, I think of just being away from home for that long. That seems like it would be tough for me. I mean, even by, by the end of both of my through hikes, I was like kind of over it and ready to go home. Like I can't imagine for the entire year, basically. Um, yeah. So those are the ones that I think of like the more obvious ones for me anyways, but I didn't think of the travel and I didn't think of the not being able to hike with other people very much and anything else that comes to mind. Yeah. And it's funny, like the big days, you actually, you get really used to that. So that doesn't become a problem. Like your body adapts, your mind adapts. And I found it, it's hard to, yeah, getting in and out of towns is, is a pain, especially cause I was still like, I carry my camera. I was still like uploading videos and photos as I went. So like every town day I'd go to bed usually later in town than I would out on the trail and like, get less sleep and like feeling so rushed all the time and be like, I just want to, you know, have a beer and hang out with hikers, but like, you can't do that. Like you, you just have to go, go, go. And like, so like, cause you don't really feel the fatigue as much when you're on trail. It's like, you know, like when you get in town, you're like, Oh yeah, I'm actually really tired. And I would just yeah. like to sleep here for an extra day. And like, uh, but, but you can't like, you can't. And that that's really, cause it's, yeah, I think on trail, well, what else are you going to do? Like, I don't have anywhere else to be. I got to get up and hike, but in town, it's so much harder to, to yeah. get out of town. Yeah, it is for sure. It takes a lot of discipline and especially for, for you. I mean, you always, people always talk about getting vortexed in town. Like, Oh, you know, we were only going to stay for one night and then we ended up staying for, you know, three days or whatever. Um, it really does take a lot of discipline to get yourself back out when you're on a schedule like that. Do you have any, tricks or tips or is it just brute force you just gotta be disciplined and force yourself to get out um do you have any uh, yeah advice for people when it comes to um not getting sucked into town which which that's not to say that getting sucked into town is always a bad thing but maybe in a circumstance where they shouldn't be getting sucked into town i'll say (laughs) yeah i think what just helped me was just having that that big goal and like knowing um that if i spent you know, even an extra day in town, then like that is putting me off of the goal pace and like it's putting at jeopardy this whole whole endeavor. And I think especially after I've done like one trail, two trails, you're like, I don't I don't want to jeopardize this whole thing just because I'm feeling tired and lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that big goal. But I think, you know, on a normal through hike, I would my advice to people like enjoy your town days, you know, like um, if you got the time, like hang out in town for three or four days, those are some of the, my best memories on, yeah. on like normal through hikes is those unexpected quadruple zeros. Yeah. I think, I don't know, not that I, I wasn't hiking at your pace, obviously, but, um, on both my through hikes, I got late start dates. And so there was always like a bit of pressure to keep it moving. And so I don't think I ever took any consecutive zeros. I, st- I don't think I've ever done that. Um, and when I think about like through hikes I want to do in the future, like I, I like doing, you know, solid days of hiking. I was going to say big days, but talking to you, that seems kind of silly to say. So uh, for normal pace through hikers, big days, you know, 20s, 30s, stuff like that. Like I like doing that. I like hiking hard, but I, I feel like in the future I want to do that, but also take more zeros and spend more time in town and kind of try to find that balance. Um, do you ever see yourself doing like a super slow through hike and just like chilling, taking your time, not rushing as much, um, kind of the, the polar opposite from what you experienced on the, um, the calendar year triple crown. 
Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I'm going to go hike uh, hike in New Zealand with Marvel. We're going to do the South South Island. or And then I think she, she wants to do the North Island too, but I just want to focus on the South Island because apparently the North Island is more roadwalks, more bushwhacking. And like, I don't want to deal with any of that right now. I just want beautiful scenery <laughs> and nice trail. And yeah, that's the plan for that that trip is like no pressure just enjoy it and enjoy the time and uh yeah that's i'm definitely feeling that like i it, i got it out of my system i don't i don't feel like i need to push my limits or prove anything i felt i felt that a lot on the at um, last year i was like i really was trying to prove something to myself and to other people and 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 i did and now i don't i don't have to that need is gone so yeah it's uh, yeah, almost like one like, of the perks of it of doing what you did, I guess, <laughs> which is a, a weird <laughs> yeah. way to put it, but I don't know. I, um, I understand what you mean for sure. Um, another question from Instagram. This is from I'm underscore done. And I think their last name is done. So like, I'm telling you like solid, solid Instagram names for these question guys. Um, <laughs> this question is what, what did you snack on throughout the day to stay fueled and not bonk? Yeah. So my nutrition definitely like the longer every hike is this way, the longer I hike, the worse the nutrition gets just so like I started out with a lot of, you know, more protein, fibrous, healthier bars and, you know, nuts and, and meats and cheeses and those sorts of things. And by the end, I think I was eating like one, you know, a packet of pop tarts would be when I wake up and then like two or three hours later, like another packet of pop tarts and then like a Snickers to get me two or three Snickers to get me through the afternoon climbs. And then like, you know, a little bit more solid lunch, but yeah, I think it just kind of devolves down into, into more sugars and crappier foods as I, as I go, but pretty normal, normal hiking stuff, nothing out of the ordinary, uh, just lots of bars and, um, candy bars and nuts and cheeses and and uh, and the big thing big thing I think is like when I get into town like I really focus on getting like loads of protein and loads of calories and mm. I think that's super yeah. key for recovery and not getting injured. I do the same thing, yeah. Uh, more so maybe the calories than the protein, but <laughs> I think it when you eat, <laughs> when you eat enough calories in town, you're probably going to end up getting a decent amount of protein anyway. So um, yeah, absolutely. I wasn't sure. I wanted to ask that question about the food because I was like, this could go one of two ways. Either it it could just be the normal hiking stuff, um, kind of how it sounds like it was. Or I was like, maybe he's got some secret formula, some secret recipe that allowed him to hike so many miles, but it doesn't sound like it. Huh? It's just just a lot of calories. What? The, yeah, the secret recipe is, is loads of calories. I, you know, like every resupply, I'm just doing math. I'm like, I'm, I've, you know, got 17,000 calories in my cart divided by four, you know, that's 4,500 a day or something. I, I don't know what, I didn't do that math, but so that's probably wrong. But yeah, that's what I shot for like 4,500 to 5,000 calories Damn. a day. And like eating is a job and it is my job. And it doesn't matter if I'm hungry. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. Like I will get in. Like dinner will be 1,500 to 2,000 calories. Like lunch will be 1,000 to 1,500 calories. And I will be getting minimum 200 calories every hour, hour and a half. And it's like, it, like that's my job. And I think that's the key is like you can't, you can't eat only when you're feeling like it, only when you're hungry. Like you got to eat as if it is your job. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it for sure. <laughs> that is 
especially for your circumstances, quite literally part of the job. Um, another another question I got multiple from multiple different people on Instagram was, what was the scariest thing to happen to you during the calendar year Triple Crown? Ooh, yeah, several things come to mind. Like, I had to do a lot of night hiking through Montana and Wyoming through Grizzly Oh, fuck that, dude. Oh, tree, no Which way. is not advisable. Oh, that's, that's, that's <laughs> terrible. I can't even imagine. Yeah, and I remember one night in Yellowstone, like, it's pretty cool. So at first, I'm hearing all these elk bugling, like, all, I'm kind of in a valley with a river, and it's just elk on every side of me, like, bugling. And, like, if you haven't heard an elk bugle, it, they kind of sound like the, um, the ring race from Lord of the Rings is like this, like kind of terrifying sound, but it's really cool. Like I knew it was elk and they're bugling. So they're bugling all around me. And then as I'm walking, I like see this tree, like big tree and it's just shaking, like, uh, as if you know, it's in the middle of a big storm, but there's no wind, nothing's going on. Like what is up there? So at first my mind's like, you know, you're like, Oh shit. Is that like a big foot? Is that like some monster like <laughs> coming at me? Cause that's what it looks like. It, you know, like in Jurassic park, when the T-Rex is moving through the, the trees and you see the trees shake, like that's what it looks like. Yeah. You're like what is that? And then I get a little closer and this this giant bull elk, like, like biggest bull elk I've ever seen with this huge rack. And he's just like um, scratching the rack on the tree and it's like sh shaking this entire tree. And so like that's, that comes to mind. And then I had um, a terrible hitch from this guy um, in Lander, Wyoming. He like picked me up and then, you know, cause it's not immediately obvious when someone's drunk, when they pick you up hitchhiking. Yeah. Right. Like he's sometimes yeah. it is, but not always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, and then I'm already in his car and he's, so he's like swerving all around, like literally Ugh. in and out of the lanes. And then he starts making all these, so he's, what he's like so i have a beard right and i'm asian he's like what do you what do your people call them like a fucking beard like i don't know what are you talking about dude and he's like Jesus. trying to touch my beard he's trying to touch my like he is touching my shoulder and my legs and then he's so like eventually was, he makes all these comments he's like trying to get us to pull over to have like a gay hookup which you know whatever people want to do but like I'm, I don't want that. It's like I'm nah. being sexually harassed by this guy. Fuck no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the thing, yeah, was like I had just dropped off my bear spray because that lander is like you don't need your bear spray past lander. I was like, shit, I don't even have my bear spray anymore. So I was like, all right, what am, I'm gonna, like, I don't want to punch, you know, fight this guy as he's driving. But I was like, am I going to have to like, you know, he's so drunk, like he's, what is he going to do? So I like uh, out there, especially Wyoming, like does he have a firearm, whatever. And so... I actually had a couple of bad encounters like that. We had another encounter. So eventually he dropped me off and like I f f convinced like uh, firm enough to like, no, drop me off. I'm not interested. Drop me off, dude. Um, and, you know, it was fine. But yeah, another encounter down in Colorado where we, um, this was after it snowed a bunch and we went over San Luis Pass into Creed. So there's like this 15 mile road down into Creed and just that whole pass was crazy. It was like, waist high snow um, wind chill probably in the below zero and we had um it took so long to climb that it was like fully dark and you know like trying to navigate a mountain in the dark when it's just snow because there's no trail it's not like the at where you can follow you know the trail on the trees you're just on the side of a mountain like at twelve thousand feet using your little headlamp trying to navigate like that was terrible in itself and then when we finally get down onto that road we're trying to find a place to camp but like 
the ground is like frozen solid, covered in ice, and we're trying to finally get to this spot under some trees. There's tree cover, it's by the side of the road, and there's like a big old, uh, like a hunting kind of tent set up. And so we set up like a, on the other side of the clearing, 100 feet away from them. And as we get set up, this guy like pokes his head out of his tent. He's like, hello, hello, what are you guys doing? And then so we talked to him, and at first he seems cool. He's like, oh yeah, you all are through hikers, that's crazy. And then as we talk, so we were thinking like, oh, is he gonna, cause he has like a stove going, like he's shirtless, like <laughs> because his tent is so warm. Um, like oh is he gonna invite us in you know let us be warm because we're like it is freezing below zero we're so cold we've been hiking all day and then he starts talking like oh yeah my i got dogs in here they'll tear up your shit and so i was like okay like i guess we can't go into the tent and then he's like and then he's like no y'all can't be out there this is our campsite we're we're cutting wood over here y'all can't be out there and then he's yeah he's like starts threatening us and and i'm like dude like what are you talking about this is public land like you're camped on public land you can't kick us off of your land and but it, it, we eventually did move because he was saying things like you know y'all can't walk up on on our campsites like that that's how you get shot like what are you talking about you're camped on public land yeah that's ridiculous. And yeah so i don't know what his deal he's probably high on something and paranoid and like yeah it's, it so it seems I, like all this gnarly shit's happening on the, the CET and <laughs> not the other two <laughs> yeah yeah CET and it's not animals it's not weather it's people like it's yeah it's it's people <laughs> well damn man I'm sorry you had to sorry you had to deal with some of that stuff um another sketchy thing I, I think this was on your calendar your triple crown was didn't you walk right by a fire that had like just started oh yeah yeah uh, that was out in Oregon. And actually that was, uh, it wasn't that bad. Like it was in the perfect spot cause it was all rocky all around there and there wasn't really anywhere for the fire to spread to. So I felt pretty safe, but that's, um, especially cause there have been like, there were like 200 fires that started that week from all this lightning. So like, especially you see the plume in the distance, you're like, I don't know where that fire is. I don't know what's going on with it. But, uh, yeah, cause I had fought fire before. So I was, I felt comfortable like walking by that. It was perfect perfect spot but that is so like creep or i don't know it's sketchy nerve-wracking out there when you see plumes of smoke yeah and you don't know where that fire is and like what's the conditions yeah so you put out a video recently on your channel talking about you know fire safety tips for through hikers and you're the perfect person to make that video because not only are you an extremely experienced through hiker but you're all you also have that firefighting experience and so like who better to make that video and um, I don't know, it, it really resonated with me because I saw it shortly after I had gotten booted off the PCT for the second year in a row because of fires. And so it was just fresh on my mind and fires are are just sketchy. So do you mind just like going through a few like quick tips for through hikers specifically um, when it comes to like fire safety, what you should do if you do suspect that maybe there's a fire nearby, you see like the smoke or you smell it anything like that yeah so i think the biggest one is like always err on the side of being safe like i think we have this tendency like you don't want to push your sos you don't want to call 911 and if it's not needed but you know oftentimes like when you really know that you need it it's it's too late so it's really not a bad thing to especially if you have cell service as there's a lot of cell service now to just call into if you don't know where else to call just call 911 call dispatch and see what they say because they'll have you know they will have that information on where the fires actually are you know is it threatening trail systems that kind of stuff and then 
yeah, like if, if you see plumes in the distance, like getting that information and not walking into it blind and then calling for help, you know, sooner rather than later, I think is the most important thing. And then um, some, like the CDT will teach you this. I think the you know, ATPCT doesn't do it as well, but there's so many different side trails and other ways to get around on trails and get off of trails. Like you're not just because you're on the PCT or whatever, you're not stuck to that red line. Like, you know, if you, if there's a fire coming up, like look on your map, like where are there towns or roads or other trails that could get me close to a road or a town? Cause often there are so many other ways to like get yourself off of that mountain. You're not just stuck to this, like, Oh, I got to go 50 miles this way for the next town. That's my only option. Like that's, you know, there's so many more other options and then just really pay attention to weather conditions like, uh, fires are primarily driven by wind so that's if it's high winds like that makes for really dangerous fire conditions and also you know the hottest part of the day so in the afternoon like that's when fires will generally um, take off but although that's not like anymore there's some of these fires are burning like extremely hot overnight moving um, dozens of miles overnight so so that's not necessarily going to keep you safe but um, yeah just kind of knowing conditions keeping an eye out if it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to give advice on this cause it's so like situational yeah, based, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, like keeping an eye on, on those. And then as you're going, I think, yeah, it, it's really helpful to think about if you were to be caught, you know, a fire's coming roaring up at you, what would you do? Like, so like if you're uh, going over the crest of a ridge, is really good, especially in a lot of these high altitude places, you know, it's more rocky. So I think you're just looking around like uh, common sense, like what will burn? Like, um, you know, rocks don't burn, uh, gravel fields don't burn, green meadows will burn with much less intensity than a thicketed, you know, big stand of trees. So like, mm -hmm. you know, a, you know, a, you can escape into a big lake. Um, rivers, streams are not as good of escapes because they're not wide enough for you to not be burned from the fuels on either side. So like keeping those in mind and just having, you know, a little spot every couple of miles and you're like, okay, if a fire does come, if higher fire season, then this is where I can come back to and know that I'll be safe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's super important stuff. Um, it'd be cool sometime to do like an entire episode just on like through hiker fire safety and go way into depth on it. Cause I don't know. This is these are things that I never thought about before the PCT last year, and, and even last year I hardly thought about it. Um, it was really after my experience this year that I really started to like think about it a lot more. And so, um, I would definitely recommend that everyone go watch that video. Um, I'll have a link to Quadzilla's YouTube channel in the um, show notes and go check that out. And now that we're getting towards the episode, now this whole episode basically has been full of stories, but. You know, this is what we do on Trail Tales. So it sounds like you you have an end of the episode story ready. And I'm especially excited to hear this one because it it takes place, my understanding anyways, in um, Vermont, my home state. And so without further ado, Quadzilla, what do you have for us? Yeah, so this is about the Bennington Triangle there on the AT. Um, the AT and the Long Trail, you know, both go through the town of Bennington, Vermont, and it is um, known as the Bennington Triangle because of all the weirdness that has gone on through there. And so, like, I wasn't aware that this was a thing until after my experience. Um, but, yeah, I don't know how. Okay, so so I'll tell you what. I, <laughs> so I was coming southbound on the AT. 
um, and my, I was going through, so like you go Manchester Center, that's a little town, and then you climb over Mount Glastonbury, and then you get to the town of Bennington. And so my plan was I was in Manchester Center, um, just to like in and out of town, just grab some hot food and then go up on the mountain. I camp on top of Glastonbury Mountain that night, and then I'd head down into Bennington the next day. Um, and the weirdness part of it was I had just, I've been, uh, I was blogging and my recent blog was how the trail was teaching me to follow my gut. And this is really important. Like I was, I wrote all about how, you know, I've trusted my instincts so much better. I really listened to my gut and it had, had not proved me wrong on the trail yet. And so then I got into Manchester center and I ate something and then I got like the worst stomach cramps I've ever had in my life to the point where I was doubled over and like I Oof. literally couldn't walk. And so I was like, all right, well, I guess I better stay in town tonight because I can't walk up the mountain like this. And so I booked a hotel room and it was no kidding. As soon as I paid for that room and it wasn't refundable, I couldn't cancel it anymore. My stomach cramps went away. Like <laughs> it went from like 100 to zero like that. And I was like, well, all right, whatever. I, I have my room now. So I'll just hang out here. And it like, I didn't, it wasn't like I had gas. I didn't have gas. I didn't have diarrhea. I didn't, nothing like that. It just went away. And wow. yeah. And then, so then like the next day I hiked, you know, over the mountain into Bennington and I didn't think too much of it, but then, um, somebody I met along the trail was talking about, yeah, did you know that Glastonbury mountain is like a sacred mountain to the natives and their lore was that, they told the, you know, the settlers coming in, like, Hey, don't go to that mountain. Like that's where the devils are. And that made me like Google this because it, it, it did stick out to me at how weird that was that, that I, um, ended up not being on the mountain that night. So yeah. then I started Googling it and I came across like, Hey, this is called the Bennington triangle where there's been so many mysterious disappearances. Like there was a, a college student from Bennington, um, she was last seen hiking on the long trail and just like disappeared without a trace. They never found her and they never yeah. found her body. Uh, don't know what happened. There was uh, like a bus um, that was bringing, I think it was like World War II soldiers back. And so like this dude was, the soldier was on the bus and the bus drove by Glastonbury Mountain. It didn't stop. So like he was on the bus, the bus didn't make any stops. At the next place, he's not on the bus and they never found him. So like, how does somebody disappear off yeah. of a bus that never stops. And yeah, there's just several really weird, um, just mysterious disappearances in that area. And I figured I was actually going to be supposed to be on that mountain camped up there uh, on the full moon. And I was like, I don't know, maybe my gut was saving me from, from something, <laughs> some entities or interdimensional or devils or whatever's yeah. up there. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. Th yeah. That, that area is a little creepy for sure. Um, I found out about the Glastonbury or the uh, Bennington Triangle shortly before I went there for the first time, like hiked through there. And so my experience might have been tainted by my knowledge of this, but I've been through there. I've hiked through up and over Glastonbury four times now in my life. Um, five times, actually. Long trail twice, four times. Anyways, uh, five times. No, anyways. <laughs> Every time I've gone through there, yeah, there's there's been a weird feeling for sure. There's something about it. I don't know. Um, I, that's a, I think that's the first time that's ever been talked about on the show, or at least not for a long time. Um, so thank you for telling that, dude. I'm glad that you were okay. I'm glad that your gut saved you, potentially. We I guess we'll never know yeah. for sure, but <laughs> it checks out. Um, 
The last thing I want to talk about here real quick is you started this new, like, I don't know what you want to call it, like through hike coaching or training program. Do you mind just talking about like what that is real quick? And then, um, you know, talking about where people can go if they're interested in checking it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's really kind of uh, personal training, personal coaching targeted towards, you know, through hikers, but just anyone in general section hikers, or you just want to, you know, get your, get your life together. Um, that's I've, you know, through all of these hikes and all of these years, I've kind of figured out, um, you know, there's, you need a specific set of physical training to get you to be successful in a hike. Cause I think there's so much survivorship bias where people, you only hear from the people who succeeded. So of course you'll hear from a lot of people like, Oh yeah, I didn't train and I succeeded, but like, you don't hear from the 900 other people that didn't train that year and then got hurt in the first month. Like uh, yeah, like being fit is super important. And then that physical training, I think physical training and mental training go hand in hand. And that's why like through hikes will just, just train you mentally because as you go through that um, physical hardship, then your mind is naturally being developed. But uh, there's a lot of um, intentional things that you can do that will make the process so much more effective. And then as you're, you know, training physically for your hike before your hike, you're also doing a lot of that good mental groundwork for that prep work so that when you do get on your hike and it gets really hard and, and, you know, weather and everything else, then you can be able to move through it rather than like that overwhelming you and stressing you out too much. And now, you know, you've quit your hike month one when you set up into your whole life and like what a bummer that would be yeah um so that's kind of the whole aim of the program is you know kind of one-on-one working together um to give you workouts and coaching on nutrition gear uh, mindset logistics and just all those big questions around the hike and uh yeah just working working together like that and um you can find that right easiest way is just through my through my Instagram Quadzilla hikes and then you can click the links and and find all that. But yeah, if you're interested, that is what I am doing now to pay the bills over as I live in Thailand. <laughs> no, I think that sounds awesome. Like I'm kind of surprised more things like that don't exist, or at least maybe they do and I'm not aware, but it seems like it'd be something very useful and who better to do it than you, obviously, with your all of your hiking experience, first of all, and, and everything else too. So that, that sounds really cool. I'll have a link to Quadzilla's um, Instagram in addition to his YouTube channel in the show notes, if anyone wants to go check that out. And um, I think that's going to do it. So thank you so much for coming on, man. I, I feel like we just barely scratched the surface here. So we'll have to, uh, we'll have to do another episode. Maybe, maybe next time you're in Hawaii, if you have your microphone with you, we can do one. So the time zones are a little easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that'd be really fun yeah this is fun uh happy good good talking to you and yeah, uh, good to reconnect yeah thank you so much and thank you everybody for listening i will see you next week <laughs> <laughs>